Hey everyone, it's the Monty Man, and you are about to take part in the experience, the strength, and the hope of this episode of the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show. Three, two, one, zero. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Come here for a minute. I want to talk to you. Against the wall, can't find peace of mind. Brain needs an overhaul. Views expressed on this broadcast of the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show are those of the co-host and guest and do not necessarily reflect those of our affiliates. The topics and opinions on today's show should not be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice. Take 12 Radio is not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. And now, here's your host, The Man, The Myth, The Legend, The Monty Man. to the Tank 12 Recovery Radio Show, Marv. Hello, Marv. Wave, Marv. Hey, guys. How's it going? Yeah, he's over there. Uh, <laughs> Margie's here. Hello. Good morning. And Dave Fleming is here because he's not all there. Peace, Dave. Hello, Peace, Dave. Vid. It's a V for vid. The vid. And over here is a microphone. See that microphone? And Denver's not there. It's an empty hat. Yeah. It's just just a hat. Just <laughs> he was there, and then he just poof, poof. <laughs> so Denver's feeling uh, a little under the weather today, and so uh, we're hoping that he gets better quickly so he can return. Is to that us. the new virus that makes you invisible? Ooh, the invis virus. <clears throat> the invisible. <laughs> just a mask walking around. That's all you can see. Yeah. Uh, boy, yeah. So I don't know. Are things going to open up? Uh, this next week again, it's yet to be seen. Let's do it. I, I'm telling you, right? Let's just go for it. Yeah, hair and nail salons, please. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And they can keep the pot shops open. They ought to be able to keep the hair and nail salons open, right? Car, car washes are open, but not hair and nail salons. Right? Isn't that against the Constitution? What's a Constitution? <laughs> Is that when you make your take your bathroom break you know you're right and as far as i know as far as i know from what i'm reading constitutionally um our governor can't even do what she's doing at this point she, right. she can't extend it past what she's done it's illegal but you know who's gonna fight that we got a bunch well, of you know 
what are you going to do? We you the know? people have to fight it. I, that's what I'm saying. But we if nobody does anything, then let them get away with. That's it. That's exactly right. We teach people how to treat us, and we're doing that. And once again, Portland runs the show for an otherwise conservative state. Well, oh, well. a lot of other states that are pushing back now. So yeah, yeah, the people are going to get fed up. I think. But anyway, I just lost half our listening uh, audience, and they, I don't. I don't. They care. were out getting a beverage anyway, <laughs> so. Do you care, Marv? I don't care. Do you? Okay. All right. Well, on with the topic. We're going to be talking about uh, the three legacies, recovery, unity, and service, um, specifically in Alcoholics Anonymous, but they're not, they're not too far from the legacies in other 12-step fellowships as well, uh, but we're going with the mothership. So we're going to be talking about that, but first... Of course, uh, we got to do a little complaining. I think that's in order. It's always... All right, stop. Everybody stop because the Monty Man has something to whine about. It's time for the Monty Man's weekly whine. <laughs> yes, indeedy. So if you hear those sirens in the background, that's actually a recording of a ridiculous parade. Um, this is what I want. I, I, I got to complain about this. All right. Now, I don't know what it's like in your neck of the woods, listeners out there. Uh, pay no attention to that flash. That's the silent phone. Um, Someone calling in to complain already? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know what it's like in your neck of the woods out there, but, <coughs> but around here, um, the police department made an announcement several weeks ago that they aren't going to be patrolling the streets as normal. It's going to be more in-call services, that kind of thing that they're pulling back. Um, it's interesting to me. I don't know if you realize how much it costs of taxpayers' money to take all the police cars and the fire engines and go up and down the streets of our town anyway – and run their sirens and and burn their gas and go up and down and up and down. I mean, it costs money to do that. That's what we pay taxes for. Right. We're, we're paying taxes. I am not paying taxes for every week for you to pull out all the emergency vehicles in town and ride around town honking and running your sirens when other services aren't being covered. What? Yeah, that's what they've been doing. And it's all in, you know, yay for all the healthcare providers. Yay for all the people that are still going to work when nobody else is and how brave you are. And you know what? I agree with that. I, I applaud all those folks. Um, th those services, are, you guys are heroes. But every week to spend that kind of money for the sirens and the vehicle when you're not even patrolling the streets as normal, I don't know. What do you think? Margie, what do you think about that? Well, it seems a little ridiculous to me. Yeah. I, I don't, I guess I don't understand why they're not patrolling the streets. I mean, crime's still going to go on whether there's a coronavirus or not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they pulled back a lot. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What do you think, Dave? What do you think, Fid? Um, okay. The <laughs> donut shops, uh, <laughs> Essential business? I don't know. Maybe that's, if they're not, maybe that's why they're not patrolling. I don't know. Maybe, Could be. Maybe they are, and that's where they're hanging out. I don't know. It's just. <laughs> I should have known the donut shops would come up. <laughs> right? 
I just think it's it's a little insane. I mean, I've been my mm. my wife walk, keeps track of the web uh, Facebook page uh, that people from Corvallis get on, and this, last night I looked on it, and there's a bunch of areas in Corvallis that have been. Uh, people's houses and cars have been vandalized or broken into and and like you know there's nobody doing anything right yeah but they have no problem <clears throat> going up and down the streets once a week doing a parade well, i don't know I've not police seen and fire department oh yeah that's great we, we heard them going off last night again and i'm, I'm like you know how, how about doing your job i just thought maybe they were collecting a body somewhere and bringing it to the hospital. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's what was really going on as they were just Oh, our son's car got bro- broken town. into the other day. And and it wasn't there was no sign of forced entry. Um but they got in. They got in and um they they uh had a there was a bunch of um you know, he's in ministry at Hope Church here in town and so they had a bunch of uh gift cards, you know, for like Dutch Brothers and Starbucks, stuff like that, that they were dropping off at the individual youth group's homes to just give to them as gifts, and they broke in and, and stole those. What were you going to say, Dave? <laughs> you were talking, and the camera was, like, over here, so I was waving oh, hi. at the friends at home. Hi, Dave. What's happening? <laughs> um, so, really, that's 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 my wine. It might be a stretch, but... There you go. I had to find something to complain about that I'm powerless over, right? Well, that's, you know, maybe that's why there's a huge uptake in people buying weapons. Mm. Interesting thought. Yeah. There's a lot of more yeah. people out there buying, you know, uh, guns. So what's this all got to do with recovery? I don't know, but I got to have a wine. But let me shift gears here for a minute. Um, and I want to give, uh, and then I got a really great win. I want to give a shout out to my buddy, uh, Jeffrey Donald Simpson. Uh, JD has been a friend of mine. Wow. Since I was 16 years old and, uh, we haven't seen each other in quite a few years, but it's one of those kind of friendships where, um, if you do and when you do, you know, you pick up right where you left off. And, uh, he has been, uh, He's been a loyal friend for years and years and years, and he's a listener to the show. And I just wanted to give a shout-out to him. He lives uh, – where do you live, anyway? Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Philadelphia. I don't know, somewhere out there. He lives far, far away. So, uh, J.D., hey, buddy. It, it, it's good. He thought he fell off the map because we stopped using the the, the email uh, platform that we're using for subscribers because we're now on all these different um, uh, podcasting platforms. And I said, no, no, you didn't fall off. You just got to subscribe to us on one of these. And so now he has. And by the way, that's a great segue into letting you know that all your podcasting platforms are available at take12radio.com and click on any one of them. You can subscribe to our shows. And then I got a great a little $250 donation from a person who will remain anonymous. Um, But the AA group, or I should say the, the rogue AA group in Hong Kong, who was listening to our shows in the same building. If I get this right now in the same building where they were having the AA meetings, well, they have been listening to our shows for quite a while. 
they were actually, you know, getting donations, like passing the basket for like coffee. I guess, you know, I'm kind of making an assumption here, but they would pass the basket for one reason or another and they would listen to our shows. Well, evidently it got quite heated because there were some stick in the muds that did not like the fact that they were listening to our shows in the same building that the AA meeting was going on. And so they had to stop meeting there. Well, they had this money and they had 250 bucks and they decided to give it to us Wow! and make a donation and send it to us and followed up with this email explaining that they had this situation where they had to stop meeting. Um, but there you go. I, I guess we're making quite a stir in the 12 step fellowships in Hong Kong. It sounds like alcoholics in Hong Kong are the same as alcoholics in Oregon. It, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. I'm not sure how if I got every piece of that story right. It was a little vague, but uh, they were they were meeting, they were listening to our shows. Now they're not able to, so they sent us some money, and I just think that was really really cool. That's so, cool. Um, yeah, pretty cool, huh, Dave? It's awesome. Yeah, I would just like to you know say that we'll. Keep you in our prayers that something uh, comes open so that you guys can still uh, participate and yeah, listening to our show. That is just as a group. That is just cool stuff. So yeah. uh, good stuff from Hong Kong. Hello to JD and uh, now all the police and fire departments saying go back to doing their jobs. There you go. <laughs> all right, we're gonna take a break, and when we come back, we're going to tackle this topic of the three legacies of Alcoholics Anonymous Recovery, Unity, and Service. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Don't go away. I know I won't. After these messages, KHLT Radio will be right back. AA made all the difference in my life. I noticed that most of the goals I had as a kid were slipping by. I didn't feel like the person I hoped to be. After all those years of drinking, I, I really didn't know myself. When I was out there drinking, I was always looking for the next great party to make me feel all right. With AA, I found a better way to life. And I feel good in my everyday life, even without a drink in my hand. Alcoholics Anonymous. It works. Look us up. Check your phone book, newspaper, or aa.org. Hey, check it out. The best in recovery talk and positive music radio is now available on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, YouTube, and Podomatic. Simply visit any of these platforms and search for Take 12 Recovery Radio. Listen and download hundreds of our shows for fun and for free. Also available at Take12Radio.com. All right, welcome back to the show. It's good to have you with us here at Take12Radio.com on your internet dial. Still the world's original recovery talk and positive music uh, recovery podcast, broadcasting via the internet worldwide, even to Hong Kong. That still blows my mind. Um, We're going to talk about uh, the three legacies. These are um, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous three legacies. Um, what I'm going to read to you is are quotes from Bill Wilson, the co-founder of Alcoholics Anonymous, as well as a post at jwalkerlodge.com. You may want to visit their website. They're amazing folks there. 
Uh, taken together, the steps, traditions, and concepts embody what are known as the three legacies of Alcoholics Anonymous, recovery, unity, and service. So I'm going to read one of these at a time, and we'll discuss it. Um, so, But I, I want to go a little deeper than what these paragraphs actually state, because these are kind of businessy sounding, and I want to go more personal with this topic. Um, so the first one is recovery. Recovery has given us a second chance to find happiness and freedom, to live useful and productive lives. The 12 steps and the big book are known as recovery and are the entire foundation of the program. Bill W.'s words in the foreword of the book 12 Steps and 12 Traditions states that AA's 12 steps are a group of principles, spiritual in nature, which if practiced as a way of life, can expel the obsession to drink and enable the suffered to become happily and usefully whole. That's a quote from Bill Wilson. So, um, according to this paragraph, recovery has given us a second chance to find happiness and freedom. And it's, it refers to the 12 steps and the big book as being the entire foundation of the program. We have talked before about the program is the literature, uh, the big book, the 12 steps, the 12 traditions, etc. And the fellowship is the people <clears throat> and that there is a difference. And sometimes they look very different, don't they, Marv? Sometimes. Sometimes they look very different. Sometimes the what's the what is going on in the program, I mean what's going on in the fellowship can look up very different than what's what's actually written in the book. Uh and so I'm gonna try to move this camera over so I can see Marv a little bit. There we go. There's his mustache. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> um and, and, and so let's talk about recovery here and um, after we get done reading all three of these, there is there is something very vital that is not written here, or it is, but it's very hidden. And see if you pick up on that, but don't don't mention it until we get through all three of these. Um, so recovery. Let, let's start with you, Dave. What 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 is recovery today, Fleming? Because when I when I hear the word recovery, you know, I often hear you know rest, restore. Uh, previous state, you know, like, yeah, I want to get back to where I was before. But for me, I wanted to start completely over at something mostly different. And so it was being able to recover uh, a state of being where I can, you know, have a, have more of a blank slate. It wasn't completely blank, obviously, you know, that mm -hmm. I had a past, mm -hmm. uh, but I learned from that and get to start over and you know fix things in my life okay okay so you you were covering some of the stuff you lost i mean you lost a bunch of stuff right in your journey of being a knucklehead um i mean did you recover any relationships did you recover your own sanity i mean yeah i mean there's there's a probably a few relationships that got you know that i don't have anymore um a lot of those I don't remember, so it doesn't really matter. Um, but the ones that I do have, I was able to repair, so they weren't completely gone. Sure. Um, but I'm not the same person. 
Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. So in repairing those relationships, I, I, I don't know. I think I'd use the words, you know, uh, restore rather than recover or because so it's it- not even the same. You know, my wife used to tell me, you know, back in the day when I was using, like, I want the old Dave back. Well, I told her, I said, the old Dave is not coming back mm. because that's part of the problem. You know, ah, the old Dave point. was part of the problem. And so, right. Uh, yeah, you're stuck with the new improved version. So, so a restoration is almost a, a building of a whole whole new person. In For me, it ways. was yeah, yeah, yeah. Margie, how about you? What what is this whole recovery thing meant for you? What what is what is being in recovery or experiencing the state of recovered? What is that for Margie? Well, kind of kind of like uh, Dave said, it's. For me, it's just a whole new way of life. Pull your mic towards you. Whole get, new get way it of on life. On your chin, there. There you and, go. And uh, because I started drinking at a pretty young age, you know, in my teens, and so um, early teens. Uh, no, more late late teens. You yeah. know, college age. Okay. And um, so I don't. When I say I'm I'm recovered or in recovery, I'm not trying to go back to those the days before I was drinking. I. I have a new life now, thanks to my recovery, and um, there's like a lot of facets of it mm-hmm. that I've had to to work on really hard the well the last couple of years, but pretty much throughout my whole life of uh, being alcoholic and um, the last couple of years I've I've worked really hard at changing everything in my life. I know uh, it's talked about a lot that you know. If, you know, you just have to change everything in your life if you want to stay sober. Mm-hmm. And I've had to. And uh, for me, it's all it's all been for the better. Um, first, I had to um, accept that not only was I powerless over alcohol, but that my life was very unmanageable and that it had been really, really unmanageable for pretty much all my drinking career. Uh, I had to accept that before I could move on forward in my recovery and and then I had to um, <coughs> pretty much start or um, start and improve grow a, a better relationship with my higher power who is God to me because I couldn't have, have stayed sober this long without God in my life who um, gave me the you know the willingness to do the work I needed to do and um, the love when, when I was going through hard times and, um, and then I really had to, um, settle down and, and realize I had to, do, I had to do the hard work that I didn't want to do before because it was hard. I didn't want to do it. I was lazy. Uh, I didn't want to do my steps and I didn't want to have to, <laughs> I didn't want to have to write down all that stuff on paper and about all the horrible things I did to others. And, um, but I got, I got uh, busy and I got a sponsor and she made me do a lot of stuff I didn't want to do, but I did it and um, did my steps, working on my steps. And so now um, recovery means that I've restored important relationships in my life with my children. They're not perfect, but, you know, at least, um, you know, I know they love me and I love them and. Uh, they know their mom's sober and uh, 
they're proud of me and um you know, I'm going to be a grandma pretty soon. Wow. I know. I'm excited. I won't be able to see my grandbaby for a while, but I will be a grandma and uh I think it's it's uh recovery is a way of life for me too cuz uh you know, I I try to incorporate God's will into everything I do. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm absolutely not perfect at it at all. But um every day I I do my third step prayer and try to follow his will for me as best I can and um just kind of go with that and um work my program and try to treat people the way I want to be treated and uh, I've changed just so much in the last couple of years. I'm I I'm still, you know, self-centered addict, but I I've improved. I hopefully I think I have some. Um anyway, but you ever think you'd be doing something like this, doing a no, recovery I did, radio show? I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. But, you know, that's part of what we'll talk about later, I guess, service and um Sure. So I'm I'm glad if if any little thing I say can help one person, then then it's totally worth it and um anyway, I'm just yeah. I'm just so um Glad to be sober and in recovery, yeah. and it's that's awesome. I wouldn't trade it for anything, yeah. really. So, okay, so we got restoration. We got building a relationship with God. That's what I heard all over your story. What about you, Marv? What? Oh, I was afraid you were going to get over here. Were, were you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we'll go talk to Denver first. Hi, Denver. <laughs> um, um, I forgot. Denver dissolved. There he is. No, no, just a hat. Okay. Go ahead, Marv. Well, um, I I want to try to be a little uh, descriptive and create a vision about this. Yeah. So, and I've said this in meetings uh, before, but if you're not in recovery and you're an alcoholic or an addict, it's kind of like trying to saddle a dead horse. You might get the job done, but you ain't going to get anywhere. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> the opposite is, and this is more personal than, um, the opposite of that is uh, through a period of time in recovery, I have more of ability today to practice my faith regardless of how I feel. Mm. And wow. that's what uh, uh, the steps have done for me. That's what uh, my sponsor has done for me. And quite frankly, I go to a meeting and I go in there uh, really solid on the second tradition that God is working in that room and the people sitting there are my teachers. Wow. And so... Um, you know, and I know that's, uh, I'm not sure that's the way I look at it. So, so, so let me, uh, let me, for the listener's sake that may not know the second tradition of Alcoholics Anonymous states for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Yes. Right. So God's in charge. Yes. And he's working through people in servanthood, right? And those are your teachers. Yes. Wow. So so what I'm what I'm hearing is restoration, relationship with God, 
not living your life based on your feelings anymore, or at least not the way you were. Right. Right? Yeah. Um, for all of you, was was this accomplished by applying and implementing the principles in the 12-step process? Yes. Dave? Well, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. And had to get a sponsor and start really working those. Right. Well, it wasn't until I started using the steps and the principles and the traditions was I able to recover. Right. Right. You know. Yeah. And that and that's recovery. Um all right, let's go to this let's go to the second one here. Um this one is unity. Unity, uh, the second legacy, unity has provided us with a fellowship made up of people who share our common problem, who give us the love and support necessary to maintain our sobriety. AA's 12th tradition, 12 traditions, presents the principles which support the unity of the AA fellowship at the group level. AA's 12 traditions apply to the life of the fellowship itself. They outline the means by which AA maintains its unity and relates to the world about it, the way it gives and or lives, excuse me, and grows. And that comes from AA co-founder Bill Wilson. Uh, and by the way, um, all three of these, um, Recovery, Unity, and Service, are really outlined in what we call the 12 Steps, the 12 Traditions, and the 12 Concepts of Service. You can go and... Download the PDF of each one of those by going to Take12Radio.com. And under the topic description of today's show, it has the link for all three of those. And if you scroll down to the bottom of the page for all three of those, there's a PDF. If you ever want to print those out, those are available for you. Um, So unity is vitally important within the fellowship. So it talks about unity is being described in the 12 traditions um, that these apply to the life of the fellowship itself. But let me ask you a question, and I'll, I'll go back here and I'll start with Marv this time. Uh-oh. D- d- does unity mean that we are always united? No. Explain what you mean by that. Well, my idea about and you know, you have to realize that because uh, God created us as individuals, we're all different, right? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I have a problem with uh, what I've had to do about this unity thing mm-hmm. is I say to myself, because I am not one of these gregarious, join-the-crowd type people. Right. You're not a bandwagon guy. And I had a hard time for a very long time uh, uh, grasping that mm-hmm. unity business. Mm-hmm. What I finally, uh, I think what I finally come up with was because the program says that that's really important, then I go along with it. I don't feel like going along with it. I don't really want to be a socializer. You know, two or three people in my life or whatever is fine. Um, But I go ahead and do it because that's what I've been taught in AA. And you ask anybody that knows me very well, I, I, uh, I really have a hard time. I, my anxiety level goes up, and but I do it anyway, because that's what we're supposed to do. 
Does so that make any sense? Yeah, it does. That's like kind of like trusting the process. Yeah. Even though we may not agree with certain things, we're going to trust the process of uh, uh, of the voting structure of even a business meeting, you know. And well, wait a minute. Don't go too far. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, you're right. That's yeah. exactly what I'm talking about. Right. Unless, of course, they're asking us to do something immoral, right? Yeah. We're, we're yeah. going to go, okay. You know, and I, I have to agree with that. I mean, even in our country, I may not like the governing bodies, but I'm going to trust God, right? That yeah. he's in charge. And if the people vote a certain way, even though I may not like it, I may disagree with it, I may poo-poo it to the nth degree, right? Yeah. But I'm going to support the fact that people are able to vote that way, even if I disagree with with the situation. The same thing with within the fellowship in our twelve. You know, on the evidence and the proof is the fact of, of paying attention and looking around, seeing the people uh, recover. That's the proof that this thing is a real. Despite deal. what we may disagree with, yeah, yeah, true. Margie, what what, what about you? Does, do, do you ever find yourself? feeling like you're not united and yet you still are? I mean, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, money. Um, well, yeah, it's it's like Marv said, you know. Um, I might not like it, but I know it's, you know, it's, it's part of the program and uh, it's good for me, it's good for others. And um, I, I guess I'm pretty social, but there are times when, um, you know, you go to the same group, same meeting, like seven days a week and you hear the same people, um, you know, say the same stuff over and over and it gets old and, <laughs> and I get annoyed and, but, um, I have to always remind myself that, um, you know, this is the program and, um, people share what they need to share to, to stay sober and, um, it gives me a chance to practice my uh, patience, tolerance, and love, and, um, you know, like, practice my um, spiritual concepts as well, which is, sure. you know, love is patient, love is kind, and treat other people like I'd like to be treated, and um, love others as we would ourselves, and um, so usually, you know, I don't have any problems. Every once in a while, it's just, you know, it gets kind of, like, overwhelming, and I just want to walk out of the room because I've had enough, but... Um, <laughs> I try to hang in there because <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, maybe people think the same thing about me when I'm sharing because, uh, you know, that's possible. But anyway, yeah, unity is important. Absolutely. You, you, you know, it's interesting because, uh, you get that, you get that one guy or gal that, like you said, is, is says the same thing every meeting. Now they just happen to be that person that also goes to the meeting every time the doors open. So you're not going to escape them. Right? <laughs> right. No matter which meeting you pick, they're there, right? Um but it's kind of like and I don't think of this when I'm irritated. I think of usually I think of these things later. <laughs> right? But it, it it's like, okay, would I rather listen to them share the same thing over again or would I rather be picking them off the pavement because they got behind the wheel drunk? Exactly. I'd much rather they're in the meeting sharing the same thing over and over again and staying sober. Yeah. You, you, you know what I mean? Um, 
I had a sponsor years ago up in Sweet Home, Oregon. I mean, he was known for the same thing, but he wasn't sharing the mess the same thing over and over again. He was sharing elements of the message the same over and over again. A lot of the platitudes and that that kind of thing, right? But I'll tell you what, the one thing that was great about this guy, um, he was consistent. He lived it. He talked it. He walked it. And though it was always the same, you all, you could go to that guy and go, what do you think about this or that? And you'd always get the same answer. And there was something to be appreciated about that. Um, so, yeah. So, Dave, let's let's uh, zip on over to you there. Um, zip on over. So the first tradition says our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery <laughs> depends upon AA unity. I don't know that I agree with that. But again, that's what it says. So I can't argue with what it says. It does say that. What do you think about that? Does your personal well, recovery depend on the unity of AA? My personal recovery. Well, uh, yes and no. Okay. Right? Because my personal recovery, I'm... Uh, I'm uh, uh, what's the word I want to use? I don't know. Uh, my personal recovery depends on what I do personally, right? I have mm-hmm. to actually do something. I yeah. have to actually do your part. Leave your- my house. I actually have to, you know, go to a meeting. I have to, you know, participate. Yeah. Um, which, you know, sitting here, I was thinking about this, uh, you know, for a long time, um, like many can probably relate, you know, uh, my life was a, about me, you mm-hmm. know, there's things that happened or whatever. And I ended up being this person that I'm okay with being by myself. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, me and my wife were joking about this whole, this whole lockdown stuff. Where it was like the Olympics for us. Cause we've been pre- preparing for this our whole lives. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, but when I get into recovery, it was, you know, I've tried every other way. Um, but when I finally decided, you know, the only thing you have to change is everything. Um, was I'm going to actually listen to what people um, that have recovered or in recovery, how they've been successful. They've got some longevity. And so what does that look like? Right. Cause you know, my life before is like, if you would just do things my way, everything would be fine. Mm-hmm. And Dave's way. I'm okay with, yeah. with isolating. I'm, I'm not, I don't have a problem with that, but uh, you know, the only thing you have to change is everything means I have to change everything, which means I have to go out and I have to be with people. That was the number one thing that I had to change right off the bat. So that was, you know, the me- the 90 and 90 meeting went, it went to just going to meetings every day. I didn't like think, okay, I'm checking a box off my calendar, day 35, you know what I mean? It was just, I was going to meetings every day and I was blessed enough to be, God put me in a place where there were, multiple meetings every day, seven days a week mm-hmm. within a 10 mile radius of my house. Mm-hmm. So if you got, sometimes if you got those people that kind of got on your nerves that said the same thing, uh, one, it's either something I'm, I'm hearing it in a way that that's maybe something I need to look at, or I just go to a different meeting and change it up once a, once a week, we'd just go to a different meeting at, out of the area to, sure. to change it up. But I had to go to, I did that for meetings every day, sometimes two or three in a day, um, for the first two, almost, almost two years. 
my recovery because I didn't know how to live life on life's terms without some kind of chemicals in my system. Yeah. And that was, and the unity of that was, and I would go to meetings and I'd sometimes I would participate. Sometimes I would not, I'd just listen. Um, but I had to learn how to, you know, what, what do other people do? Um, in their lives in, in recovery, you know, what do you, what's a normal person do? Yeah. And so, you know, some things that, you know, I you take and leave, um, but it helped me sort out like my own thought process. If I'm thinking in the right direction, you know, if I hear enough of the same types of people doing the same things, I know that I'm on the right track. And if I'm, you know, struggling with something i might not i might just sit back and listen yeah yeah um but i couldn't i can't do that if i'm isolating and sitting at home right i can do right right i can do the online meetings but that only gets you so far i mean i like i I like to be face to face or you know in a in a group at times to get different perspectives and i had to learn that my way isn't the only way or there are other options that lead to the same point, and I'm okay with listening to those options now. But mm-hmm. Before I wasn't. Mm-hmm. I just say, yeah, whatever, and and leave, right, and go do do it my way. Yeah, know? yeah. Um, but now it's it's different, you know. Aside from this this whole lockdown thing, I have to get out and be. Uh, with people, you know, mm-hmm. and sometimes mm-hmm. it's, I go and do things by myself and I go wherever I go to meetings, I go out of the area. I go, you know, sometimes I'll go to movies, I'll go to concerts, I'll do things by myself because I know that if I don't get out and do these things, I'll start backsliding and thinking it's, it's okay. Not just, just kind of hang out at home. Right. And that gets, you know, the old, uh, you know, it gets me irritable and discontent. And <laughs> you get the reds going on. Yeah. I'm not hungry, you know, I got plenty of food, but Yeah. <laughs> so 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 one of the things that I <sighs> um I'm gonna say this and I know I'm gonna tick some people off, but that that's okay. Bring it. Um I think the 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 one thing about the unity of and, and let's pick on Alcoholics Anonymous. By the way, let me just read the eleventh tradition. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. So before I continue with that tradition, it's our public relations policy that's based on attraction rather than promotion, not our personal stories. Our public relations policy. We forget that. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. Uh-oh, what are you doing on Take 12 Recovery Radio? Well, there's a great explanation for that. Take 12 Recovery Radio is not affiliated with Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, Celebrate Recovery, or any 12-step fellowship, right? We do not speak for AA. None of us here are representing AA. We don't speak for AA. We may say that we, we, go, to, we go to a meeting. Nobody here is saying, hi, I'm a member. That's not what we do. So let's dispel that because I've had a lot of kickback from that over the years. Um, so there's no traditions violation there. Um, so going back, I wanted to make that clear. So going back, 
to this unity thing, from what I understand, in Alcoholics Anonymous, um, in Tradition 2, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. It says a loving God, right? That would be a power greater than yourself, and it's not you. It's not the ocean. It's not electricity, although all those things are fine to make a beginning, right? For the organization as a whole, tradition-wise, it's a loving God. That we can absolutely agree. If you don't agree with that, that's your right. But you can't have an AA group, a registered AA group, that doesn't abide by that unified statement. Otherwise, it's not an AA group. You see what I'm saying? It, it So it, it's, it could be a fine group. It could be a group that is very helpful. But if you want to change that and say we're guided by the universe or we're guided by – you know, uh, doorknob. a doorknob or any of that kind of stuff. That's fine. You get to do that. But my God's in that doorknob. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> but that's not that's not AA from what I understand. Again, I don't speak for AA, but somebody correct me if I'm wrong because I, that that's what I'm, that's one of those unified statements. Another one that we can absolutely agree on, according to the literature, is that we can and do recover. Hundreds have recovered. And where is that in the big book? It's all over in the big book. I always have my sponsees uh, in my particular 12-step fellowship highlight in the literature every time it says recovered, past tense. It's all over the place. Isn't it uh, the main place of the forward to the first edition? It's in the forward, yeah. And what was hundreds of men and women have recovered is now thousands upon thousands upon thousands. Um so there's a unity. We may not always agree on every little jot and tittle, but there's a unity that has to do with a loving God, the fact that this is a program of recovery that works and enables people to recover from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. If that we can absolutely agree on. I think also I would add and that the only requirement is the desire to stop drinking. Right. The only requirement for membership. Yeah. There are requirements for meeting attendance. Mm -hmm. You can't sit in the meeting waving a gun around. <laughs> You're probably going to be asked to leave and come back tomorrow. Even if it's a toy gun? <laughs> you can't walk into a meeting totally naked and expect no response. I mean, you know, now you're still a member, but it always cracks me up how people say, well, you can't ask somebody to leave a meeting. The only requirements are desires. No, that's for membership. Not for meeting attendance. And, and please don't go to your meeting naked. Just putting it out there. I'm, don't know, try this at home. You know, with all the different... We're professionals here. Speaking of visions. <laughs> you know, with all the different... That's a bad one. With all the different, <laughs> with all the different themed meetings, and I've been told by, by some old-timers that themed meetings are actually... A traditions violation, you know, men's meetings versus women's meetings versus LGBT meetings versus beach meetings and mountain meetings and whatever. I don't know. I'm just glad people are meeting and are and are being able to get together and not out there doing what they used to do. Um, 
But with all the the, the different theme meetings, I, I would not be surprised if in some parts of certain parts of the country there aren't nudist meetings. <laughs> I would not be surprised either. That could open up. And if you participate in such, please email Monty. Yeah, no, do not do that. All right, um, let's move to this. uh, The third legacy uh, service. Um, Service offers us the opportunity to implement our primary purpose, and that is to carry the message to the alcoholic who still suffers. What message? What message are we supposed to carry? Don't drink, go to meetings, program of help Alcoholics someone else. Anonymous. And what is the program of Alcoholics Anonymous? The steps. The steps. There we go. Yeah, that is the message. Uh, that is our primary purpose. Um, service is, in AA is based in the 12 spiritual principles known as the 12 concepts which are found in the General Service Manual and on Take12Radio.com. You can download those. Um, And it's in the appendix of the Big Book of AA. (laughs) Our 12th step, carry the message, is the basic service that the AA Fellowship gives. This is our principal aim and the main reason of our existence. Therefore, AA is more than a set of principles. It is a society of alcoholics in action. So it's not just steps. It's also a fellowship, right? We must carry the message, else we ourselves can wither, and those who haven't been given the truth may die. From AA's Legacy of Service, the AA Service Manual. Um, Good point. So service, carrying the message, the 12-step message, to those who still suffer, right? Can that be accomplished outside of the fellowship. What do you think, Marv? Well, of course, it can be accomplished outside the fellowship. Some would argue with that. I know they would. Yeah, That's some fine. would argue with everything. It's <laughs> true, and anything. That is true. You know, um, you kind of caught me off guard, but uh, part of the problem, as I see it, is. People who are very vain mm-hmm. and know the book inside and out because they're very vain, right? Um, think that there's a certain way to do service, and that's it. Yeah. The fact of the matter is, uh, God has many, many, many facets for us to serve. Amen. And it may not look, you know, the idea of perfectionism to some people, but uh, that's, uh, uh, I know in my own case, um, I I probably, to a number of people, don't look like I do any service because I'm not following the letter of the law, which would be, their concept of what that means. Which could mean a number of things. It could mean that, well, he doesn't pour coffee, so he doesn't serve. He doesn't clean toilets, so he doesn't serve. Yeah. Right. The other part of the story is for those whose vanity and egos are pumped up pretty good, they like to let you know how they serve. They do. 
and they don't mind doing it in meetings in front of everybody. Right. Um, my idea of service has a lot to do with God's grace. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I don't always, uh, I probably miss the mark quite a bit, but uh, I understand that's part of what I need to do to keep this thing. Mm-hmm. And I do the best I can. You, you, you know, you guys, I, I, I think that is important for people to understand that service does. I mean, if, if you're serving, well, what's one of the biggest reasons that we that we get sober, right? Is to become a productive member of society. True? True. To become productive members of society, part of being involved in your society is to serve that society. There's a lot of sick people in our society that need the message. What is the message? Well, if you go, if you take the veneer of the 12 steps away, what you, what you see is a surrender because you can't, an acceptance that he can, and turning your will and your life over to the care of the creator, and then sharing that message with other people. I mean, that, that's really it. You know, and there is multiple ways to do that. And I would say that if you're doing that in any any facet, that you are serving, you you are carrying the message. Because isn't that the twelfth step? We we carry this message, right? The the whole message of I can't, he can. I'm going to let him. I'm going to maintain some kind of inventory. I, I'm I'm going to make amends when I'm wrong, and I'm going to carry the message. If that's what we're supposed to be doing, if that's our service then we're doing that right here at Take 12 Recovery Radio. Even though we don't speak for any particular 12-step fellowship, we are definitely carrying the message of recovery. What do you think, uh, Margie? You were talking about service. You you brought it up earlier. Um, What's service look like to you? Well, um, service is, for me, it's a real broad area and and multifaceted. And um, I try to, to share my my own experience, strength and hope when I can. I, I feel hesitant to do it because I haven't been sober, you know, that long. But uh, people tell me I should. I should anyway because there, there's always somebody in the room with less time than me. Um, so to me, that's service. Um, just showing up for a meeting is service. Um, I um, when the meetings were open, I used to chair a meeting like once a week and. Um, but I don't think that service applies necessarily just to being in the rooms. Uh, I think that when we get sober and we're working our program and we're, we're uh, you know, trying to, to follow God's will for us, mm-hmm. uh, that for me it expands to not just, you know, program related, but, you know, when I'm out and about in the community and um, if I can help somebody with something then I want to do it. And, um, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about it because then it's like, you know, Marv said for me, if I'm just constantly telling everybody all this wonderful stuff I've been doing, it just, it it just doesn't, doesn't feel the same. I feel like it, then it just becomes boastful and prideful. And and I'd rather just keep it to myself. And because, you know, God knows what, what we're doing. But anyway, so for me, services, you know, a broad range of things. And 
it's really important too to to give back because I know, like for instance, my sponsor and a lot of people in the program and have have given and given given to me, and it's it's time for me to give back now. Yeah, good good word, good word, Dave. Service man. Well, I try to you know since I my life has changed almost fifteen years ago. Um, this is my number one thing, you know, I was in my, and I kind of do the same thing as I do with my spirituality, right? Be of service to others. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's 24 seven and I don't, um, just like I don't, you know, quote scripture. I don't quote out of the big book. I'm there for somebody and I help them and I encourage them and I don't, necessarily always use the terminology depending on where that person's at because not everybody um is ready uh and some people have had bad experiences you know with uh you know spirituality and uh sure 12 step meetings and so i try to always you don't want to alienate them very carefully you know how i kind of go in and it's usually just helping somebody out wherever they're at and then when i can see a see an in or if they ask for help you know, if they don't, sometimes I'll offer it and see, mm-hmm. and plant the seeds, you know, just say, hey, you know, I'm here if you need me. And then I actually have to, you know, when, when they actually call, I have to, you know, show up. Right. Um, you know, like I recently, you know, we had a mutual uh, friend, I, I call him my friend, mm-hmm. um, reach out for help. And, you know, he, he said, you know, I didn't expect you to, like, give me a ride to here. And I'm like. Well, that's just this part of the deal, you know. You ask for help, and and you served, and you I stepped up, up and served, you know. Yeah, um, and I do the did the best I, you know, I could to help him get to where he needed to go uh, to this point, and then I told him I'd help him get to the next point mm-hmm. if, if mm-hmm. he so desires, and I do that uh, do that with any with anybody, and yeah, I, you know, you know that I can, you know. Obviously, there's sometimes that personal. Stuff uh, interferes, you know, family's got to be important too. But uh, I'm, my wife understands my, uh, my recovery. And, and uh, so it, uh, uh, it works out pretty well. So you said something very interesting. Um, I don't necessarily quote scripture or the big book. You don't have to quote any one of those steps to actually carry the message in the steps, Right. Right, um, you got to be tactful, right? At at some point, I mean, if if the whole idea is to be able to do that at some point in the future, you've got to sometimes be cautious. Plant the seeds, y- y- you know. Um, you don't want to Bible thump somebody. Um, there might be a time and a place to actually quote scripture, but it might not be on your first meeting, right? In fact. In in the chapter working with others, and it talks about leaving the book on the table. You know, you're not cracking it open; you just leave it there. Uh, there. There's so much great stuff in this whole topic of recovery, unity, and service. There really, really is. And so, my last question is: How do we practice these in a healthy recovery fellowship? And I think I think we've all touched on it. I think there are, I mean, some people say there's no such thing as a bad meeting. To those people, I say you haven't been to enough of them (laughs) Um, because there is. Um, Can you get something out of even a bad meeting? Absolutely you can. Um, 
But in a healthy meeting, how do we how do we practice recovery, unity, and service? So, really quickly, let's wrap it up with that. Let's go with Dave first. Uh, listen to the message and not necessarily the messenger. Ooh, that's good, Margie. Um, hmm. in a healthy recovery fellowship, how do we practice recovery, unity, and service? In a nutshell. Try to um, always remember that everybody is coming from a different place Mm -hmm. and practice, you know, patience, tolerance, and love. Good. Marv? Put that service in front of God. Pray for discernment, the ability to see when you need to step up Mm -hmm. and when to plant a seed like Dave's talking about. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of power in observation. Yeah. Pay attention. Yeah. So I was going to, I said I was going to point out the one piece that is missing in these three paragraphs. Did you catch what it was? Anybody? Well, I'm kind of dense. I okay. missed it. All right. All right. <laughs> God, is, God is not mentioned once in these three paragraphs, but he is in there. Um, in, in in the recovery paragraph, it says um, the twelve steps in the big book are known as recovery and are the entire foundation of our program. So you got to hunt for it. It's in those steps. Those steps are all about developing a relationship with this power. If we're powerless, we need a power. That's our problem, right? And so it's in there. It's in there. But I love the way this is written because. There can be no objection to any one of these because there's no there's no mention of religion, uh, you know what I'm saying, or yeah. or anybody's doctrine or any of that kind of stuff. It's in there, but that's how good these guys were when they it's put this stuff written together for the new person. Yeah, yeah. So once you become, once you develop some discernment, um, you know and graduate kindergarten as they say sure you start to understand these things right <clears throat> um so the solution of our alcoholism slash addiction is found in the three legacies recovery unity and service given to the whole membership in this case alcoholics anonymous by its founders bill wilson and dr bob and their fellow old timers um good show guys really good show these are very important legacies and uh, if you want more information or if you want to download the PDF files uh, for the 12 steps, the 12 traditions, and the 12 concepts, go to take12radio.com, and you'll see the links there for those. All right. Our closing song of this – oh, by the way, next month um, – we're jumping ahead here. Next month, though, one of our topics is going to be non-alcoholic beverages – What's your take on those? Are non-alcoholic beverages for non-alcoholics? Hmm. Shouldn't non-alcoholic beverages have no alcohol? Yeah, because they don't have no alcohol. Right. It's like 2% or 0.2%. I love NyQuil because it comes with a shot glass and you can get it after 2 (laughs) a.m. Right? (laughs) Um, Okay. Uh, so we're going to be talking about that next month. But next week, zip over here to Dave. Dave's show here at Take 12 Recovery Radio, um, entitled to overcome solutions for life today with the vid. 
Um, How long has it been since we've been live? It's been a while or... because we, I was sick. You were sick. Then we had the we had the COVID antisocial distancing thing and all that stuff. So we're back with that show. Um, you guys oh, nice. are always welcome to to sit in on that show. So show up uh, with bells on or without bells on. Either way, we'll take you as you are. Yeah. Uh, so we'll be doing that. Also, be looking forward to. Uh, Thursday, there'll be a, a new upload of Step by Step Towards Emotional Sobriety with Dr. Alan Berger and myself and a special guest. Um, our closing song this week is called This Thing Called Addiction by Santa Monica Sam. Here's Sam with his song. <laughs> There's a well-known affliction, better known as addiction. Takes everything you got, including your ambition. Has a real long history, but still it's a mystery. It's all you think about becomes your priority. You lose your self-control, you dig yourself a hole. You'll do anything to feed it, even sell your soul. It's a daily obsession, a fatal progression. The way to free yourself is with the true confession. It affects all races, has so many faces. Like power, food, and sex, it's all the same disgraces. It's stress and strife Addiction ruins your life And the sad thing about it You won't even think twice It occupies your mind It's like you're doing time Every time you turn around You're spending every dime You place your family last And use some up real fast It's hard to face reality Therefore you live in the past It's so much confusion A life of delusion You think you're doing fine But it is just an illusion It's a life of shame It leaves you feeling lame The price for your addiction Costs you nothing but pain Come out of the darkness, come into the light. Come on, walk by faith and not by sight. Come out of the darkness, come into the light. It's time to throw away the needle and put down the pipe. Come out of the darkness, come into the light. Because darkness cannot survive in the light. There are no rules on the street, so be quick on your feet. Every corner that you turn on telling who you could meet. So many faceless names and nameless faces doing real sleazy things and they leave no traces. Now Freddy is dead. What? That's what I said. He took the wrong man's money and was shot in the head. There was this girl named Beth, swung out of pills and meth. Addiction took her life to 17 at a death. She had a friend named Jack. He was addicted to crack. He took his very first hit and he never came back. Let's not forget about Paul. He loved that alcohol. He had a head on collision, killed a baby and all. Last night, Chris took Corey's life. When they arrested him, the blood was still on the knife. Come on. Now both are separated from the kids and wife. One is in the ground, the other's doing life. Corey was stabbed in his heart for his money and dope. Chris was really strung out, and he had lost all hope. I can't believe I killed my friend, that's what he said in the note. The guards found Chris' body hanging from a rope. Come out of the darkness, come into the light. Walk by faith and not by sight. Come out of the darkness, come into the light. It's time to throw away the needle and put down the pipe. Come out of the darkness, come into the light. Because darkness cannot survive in the light. Drugs are not cruel at all, so don't believe all the hype. It was in 1991 when I put down the pipe. You see, I had this affliction, better known as addiction. Took everything I had, including my ambition. I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. Every chance that I got of being sick and wired. I found some people like me, they said they found the key. The information that they gave me helped to set me free. So now I do what I can to help my fellow man. The message that I share is a recovery plan. You see, I once was lost, but today I'm found. 
I've no desire to get high, my feet are on the ground. If it can happen for me, then it can happen for you. You see, you're really not alone, your life can be brand new. So Come if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, every chance that you get of being sick and wide. And if you want to be free, that is the remedy. You're only 12 steps away from your recovery. The others like yourself, who got themselves some help. And the only way to keep it is to help someone else. No need to suffer no more. See, once you open the door, you'll find everything you need. Need I say more? Say come yes. out of the darkness, come into the light. Come on, walk by faith and not by sight. Say come yes. out of the darkness, come into the light. It's time to throw away the needle and put down the pipe. Say come yes. out of the darkness, come into the light. Because darkness cannot survive in the light. Say come yes. out of the darkness, come into the light. Mr. Santa Monica Sam, to view the video that actually goes with that song, visit his site at santamonicasam.blogspot.com. And just a reminder, we are now on all your favorite podcasting platforms. If you'd like to access any of those, you can simply go to take12radio.com and click on any one of those logos and subscribe to our shows for iOS, Android, your PC, Take us on the go, but take us with you. Until our next broadcast, this is the Monty Man along with the Take 12 Recovery Radio family, and we are wishing God's perfect serenity for you. Bye-bye now. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. She's a super cat, super cat, she's super kitty, meow. Yeah, kitty, 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 kitty.